Hey, glad you can make it. And welcome to the Employee Cycle Podcast, where we talk to HR innovators, thought leaders, and even some disruptors about the latest in HR trends, HR tech, and you guessed it, HR data. Well, you've heard enough of me talking. Now let's start the show, 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 show. Hey, hey, and welcome back to the Employee Cycle Podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Marable, CEO of Employee Cycle. And you know us, we're helping all of you HR and people leaders out there get rid of and eliminate that time-consuming, manual, and tedious process you call HR reporting. That's right. We know every time you want to get a data-driven view of your workforce, you're constantly pulling spreadsheets and data from your HRIS, ATS, engagement, performance system, all these different systems trying to make sense of all this messy spreadsheet data, and you're always thinking and scratching your head, there has to be a better way. We'll look no further. That's why we at Employee Cycle created your very own HR dashboard that has pre-built integration connectors to all the most popular systems out there. Systems like ADP, Paylocity, Paycom, Namely, Zenefits, Greenhouse, Reflective, Lever, 15.5, you name it. Too many systems to count. We can automatically connect all your systems to our dashboard so you can pull in all that data and view, share, track, and analyze all your people data and metrics from one place. Go to EmployeeCycle.com, check us out. We'd love to give you a demo so we can explore how we can become your partner to help you automate your HR reporting and analytics process. But that's enough about me and our company because today we have a great guest. So please welcome to the show, Rick Thacker. He's the VP of People and Operational Excellence at Genesis Products. And today we're going to discuss how to attract talent in a competitive labor market. Rick, welcome to the podcast. Rick, welcome! (laughs) I love it. Love having fun. Always, always, especially during these times. Got to find a way to have fun. So Rick... We're going to kick this thing off the best way we we know how, and that's by asking you, how did you end up in the wonderful world of HR? Well, I've I've always been a people leader um, in my roles, uh, at least in later later in my career at Whirlpool and at uh, at companies like Harman Becker Automotive Systems. And so when I came to Genesis Products, primarily my background is engineering, but uh, we kind of looked at uh, the synergy of our processes and our people and our our um, our talent development um, activities that we needed, and it seemed like a natural fit. Awesome. So, Rick, today we're talking about a really interesting topic that a lot of HR leaders and CEOs and executive teams all across the country are really thinking about, and it's really this idea of attracting talent in this super competitive labor market. So before we go into any of the details, can you just give me a brief summary of what your company does where you're located, how many employees you have, and then we can go into the unique and and interesting ways that you've been looking, that you've been trying to differentiate your offering against all the other companies that are looking to hire the same talent. No, absolutely. So we're Genesis Products. Um, we're located primarily in Elkhart County. We have uh, we have uh, we have uh, three factories in Elkhart. We have four factories in Goshen. We have a factory in Fort Wayne and we have a factory in Virginia, in sort of west southwestern Virginia. And we primarily we're a supplier. So we supply really four major industries, the furniture industry, the RV industry, industrial um, wood products industry, as well as some off-road automotive, non-woven fabric um, to, to some pretty big uh, to pretty big off-road automotive uh, companies uh, in the uh, Fort Wayne area. 
I'm sure you were super busy supporting the RV world. Because I know when when we had the shutdowns everywhere, a lot of people were looking for RVs yeah. to be able to move around. So I'm sure you were super busy because of that. Absolutely. And and we have we have about a thousand employees um, across the country between salary and hourly, about 830 hourly and about 160 salary. So almost a thousand. Um, we currently have about 70 hourly positions open and about 13 or 14 salary positions we're trying to hire and we're building a new plant. And like you said, it's been crazy, but it's not just been RV. It's, it's like um, furniture market, um, industrial wood products, cabinet products, things like that, multifamily dwelling, um, closet inserts, all those types of things. Is, it's really taken off since uh, probably May of last year. A lot of people spending a lot of time in their home. Absolutely. And with nowhere to go and a lot more money to spend. Right. Trying to figure out how to make their homes nicer if they're going to be in it a lot more. So, Rick, I know a little bit before we started this interview, you were giving me some insight into how tough it is to hire right now. I know it's totally different for all different types of industries and companies and locations, but can you just give us a quick overview of how tight the labor market has been for you, what have you seen? What are the trends that you're seeing in your specific industry? Sure, it's it's been it's been very very tight, and and for us, uh, like I mentioned before, having 70 open positions and about to build a new factory in Goshen, uh, we're actually having conversations around where factory placements should be based on based on labor market because. Uh, when RV is hot in Elkhart County and then all the suppliers of RV are hot in Elkhart County, um, I, I think I saw some information from the state of Indiana a couple weeks ago to where Indiana's unemployment rate is one of the lowest in the Midwest and Elkhart County is one of the lowest counties in the state of Indiana. And so when, when you look at that, when you get down around 3% unemployment, um, you're pretty much um, at the at the at the very bottom of who's actually available um, to work. And, and so for us, it's, it's been extremely challenging, and it's been more so challenging for a couple of reasons. Um, not so much the pay piece, because that's easy to adjust. It's easy to adjust your pay scales. It's, it's easy to throw money at, at folks. Uh, but it's really about attracting, developing, engaging the type of people that you want that can work at a very fast-paced manufacturing environment and, and really be there for a long time. So, so when we try to hire people, it's not really just, hey, we're busy right now. We want to hire some people. It's really more like we want to hire people that are going to have a career here. They're going to develop here and they're going to stay here and hopefully retire from here and, and grow their career. And we're going to build, um, we're going to build a process by which they can achieve their goals and dreams financially and work in a safe, fun, environment with people that they enjoy working with. And sometimes it's that's been sort of the bigger challenge is to find as the markets tightened up is to find those those folks that want to be a part of building something that want to be connected and stay long term and not just maybe jump when somebody's offering 50 cents more an hour across the street. Got it. You know, this is a really interesting and unique market. You know, I I'm just Looking at the the TV now, I keep Bloomberg on in the background on mute as I work, and I'm always seeing flashing across the screen the number of Americans that are out of work and can't find work. But at the same time, we have companies like yours that have a lot of roles and are having a difficult time filling these positions. 
So can you give us some insight into how can both of these situations be true at the same time? It, it's a it's a little bit um, it's a it could be a little bit misleading, uh, I think, to a certain degree. There are some people that can't do manufacturing jobs. Right. There are there are some people that can't um, stand on their feet most of the day. They can't work on a high speed line. Um, they, they can't operate equipment. Uh, they can't run a CNC. And so there are some things that are related to skill sets. Uh, there are some things that are related to, um, you know, benefits packages that are provided for people who are unemployed that honestly, in some cases, they're making almost as much money as they would make if they worked. I think those are few and far between, but it's there. I don't think it does any I don't think it does anybody any good to ignore that or pretend like that's not an issue. But I do think the other piece is really on us employers to really find out what people want. And so, so like, for example, um, I, I mentioned to you before we started that we've layered in a sabbatical program um, for, our, for our employees to where when you work here for five years, you know, you basically get 10 weeks off. You can take it and you can go if you want to go hike the Appalachian Trail or you want to go up north and camp or you would something you want to be on a podcast that was your dream right you could do you could do whatever you wanted to do to do that and then there are other things like benefits right uh pulling benefits forward a lot of manufacturers around here you got to wait 90 days before you you can qualify for benefits well we recognize that and we said look we're going to offer benefits to hourly employees on day one right there's other things with time off you you People still have things that come up, you know, the, the license plates need to be renewed, this and that. You have to have a flexible attendance policy that allows people to deal with life. Sick kids, you know, hey, school cuts, shuts down because of COVID outbreak and then the kids have to stay home and they can't get a babysitter. So you, you have to you have to be compassionate about all of these real life things that are happening. And, and you have to be flexible and you also have to have internal programs that train and develop people like we created a manufacturing careers program Bruce not too long ago where it basically told our hourly employees hey here's what you need to do to get from the associate level to the advanced associate level from the advanced associate level to an L1 operator an L2 operator an L3 operator and we're going to help you get there right and and that that is so engaging to people because now instead of it just being a job, it becomes a career, right? And you think about it differently. So I do think that we in manufacturing, we have to be more progressive about the way we think about this. And we have to really think about um, our people as our, our greatest resource. And I know a lot of companies around here do a fantastic job and they do that, but it is a little bit of a mindset shift, you know, for an, for an old guy like me who, you know, I've been working for a long time and, and I'm, I'm just a few years away from retirement. You know, it was a completely different mindset when you worked in factories 20 years ago than it is today. And I think we have to recognize that and we have to really think about how do we create those experiences? How does coming to work become more of an experience and more of a positive event than just I'm checking a box, I'm coming to work, I'm punching a clock? And that's what's been on my mind, uh, quite honestly, really, for the last year. And then navigating that through COVID. Um, I mean, look, let's let's not let's not let's not uh, minimize the fact that COVID is a real thing. And I had two sons that are both healthy boys in their 30s. One of them actually played college basketball. They both got COVID, and one of them wound up in the hospital. I mean, it's it's a it's a real thing 
to where you have to understand that people probably aren't really excited about going into a building and standing, you know, right next shoulder to shoulder with somebody on a manufacturing line, handling the same parts in the midst of COVID. Even though we're taking all the protocols we can, we're mandating people wear masks. We have we have teams come in a couple of times a day and clean the factories and wipe down the services. And we keep the doors open and we keep as much fresh air moving as we possibly can. It's still a scary thing for a lot of people. Wow. Thank you for that comprehensive response that really painted a, a very clear picture in regards to what's happening. So I wanted to ask you, when it comes to attracting talent, are you having a problem finding the talent to apply? Or is there more of a pipeline problem and a conversion problem where you actually are getting a significant a significant amount of people applying for the positions, but then during the interview process, they fall out? You know what we're seeing right now, and it's it's really. I was actually across the street at one of our factories this morning because we had we had five people go through orientation and on board yesterday, and only one of them came back today. And and um, this is a phenomenon that we're seeing that I never saw this before, and and it's it's really weird. And and when you when you try to call them and get some feedback, usually they don't respond or they they don't they don't answer the phone or they don't answer your call. We've even went to like. Given, hey, look, if you answer your phone, I'll give you a twenty-five dollar gift card. Just, I just want to know. Oh, why, wow. <laughs> I just want to know why why it didn't work. I just want your feedback on why why did it not work out for you? What can we do different? How can we be better? And um, and it's it's kind of funny. One of the persons I talked to said, "Well, I had applied at four different jobs, and you guys were the first to respond, and you were the first to get me an orientation. But I really wanted this other job over here because my cousin works there." And I can bum a ride from my cousin because they live next door to me. And so when that job opened up, I just went over there. I like you guys. You guys are fine. But this is a lot easier for me. And it's little strange, little bitty things like that, that I guess I never, ever would have thought about. Right. And and it, it's it's so to, answer, so to tie back in on your question, which is which is a, a good question. It's both. There, there's a piece of finding the right talent um, that fits your culture. Right. Uh, we have a very diverse workforce. You have to have people that that can come in and they can meld in um, to the workforce in a team environment because our cells are very much teams and they're they're working toward that. So you have to have somebody that is team oriented. And I mean, you know, most people are, but uh, some people aren't. You know, it, it happens. And, and uh, that that's one piece of it. So it's not just I want to hire a warm body and throw them in my factory. Right. And I think that's the way we were thinking about it you know, maybe, maybe a couple of years ago, but now we've kind of changed to say, no, we're really looking for somebody who, who has personal initiative, you know, and, and they're always trying to improve. Um, and we're looking for somebody who has an enjoyment and a value of the team. They really understand the value of the team and because that's who our culture is. And we're really looking for somebody who has passion, you know, they have a passion for profit and they're always trying to improve their area. And, um, Look, I mean, we get a lot of great people and a lot of people that work at Genesis. I mean, most people that work at Genesis, I would say, fit that model and they're right in there. The other ones are learning to fit that model. But that's that's who we are. And it's not just about taking an application and hiring somebody. It's about going through that vetting process. And then the second side that you talked about, the qualification side, um, is is more on the technical side. If I need a CNC operator or I need somebody to drive a forklift, that's a specific skill set um, that we're shopping for. And we're more than happy to develop people up into that. 
But there are safety elements regarding that to where that takes time. You, you, you don't just want to hire somebody off the street, give them a tutorial on a forklift and turn them loose in a factory. Right. So so there's there's a lot of stuff that we're trying to manage and work through um, to say, how do we partner with like local community colleges? How do we partner with uh, with um, with people around here, community centers, the Elkhart Community Center? Um, how, how do we partner with those types of development programs so we can hire people right out of there, right into right into operator level type positions? And then the last question that I want to ask, because you don't have the luxury of, let's say, of a tech company where they can just hire software engineers anywhere in the country or in the world for that matter, but you actually have to have people boots on the ground, on location, on site doing the work. How do you widen the funnel when you, you can't exceed the boundaries of location? or geography by hiring people virtually, but they have to be on the ground. And I'm assuming you're, you're not able to just build plants all across the country, or maybe you are. I mean, maybe that's a part of the plan, but I am curious, what does that look like so that you can continue to ex- expand and increase your funnel so that you can get all the applicants that you need to be able to fill these positions? Well, that's a fantastic question. And, and I'm going to take it in two parts. On the salaried side, there's a lot of stuff you can do. Um, you can do Skype interviews. You can you can do virtual tours. You can do and which which we are doing. Um, you can you can increase your reload benefits and you can attract and develop and engage talent from all over the countryside. On the manufacturing side, um, for the hourly employee, it's it's a different it's a different dynamic. You can still do those things, but that, like you said, the dynamic is different because there's not a remote element to manufacturing. Uh, manufacturing happens on the floor, happens at the equipment. It happens right next to your team member and it happens every single day, right? And so, so the first thing that we tried to do was to expand our pool by really being flexible with work hours. Some people wanted to work four 12-hour shifts instead of five eight-hour shifts or five nine-hour shifts. Okay, fine. Some people wanted to just work the weekends, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So we created a program that said, hey, look, you work 12 hours, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we'll pay you for 40, right? And then you get Monday through Thursday off. And, and some of those folks were in school. They were trying to better themselves. So we we expanded that and attracted people that were maybe maybe going to Ivy Tech and doing this or doing this, but they needed a source of income, but they had to work on the weekends and they needed it to be consistent. Um, the other thing that you mentioned is is a factory location and and even busing people, right? I mean, so even we've even toyed around with the idea of running buses from certain areas like in South Bend area and kind of just providing transport to and from, right? Um all of those things are, are ideas that we're thinking about trying to be as creative as we can to expand that pool. At the end of the day, that's going to need to happen because uh, if this economic boom continues, and I hope it does, I think it's awesome. If this economic boom continues for long periods of time, there's only so many people in Elkhart County. <laughs> I mean, there's just only so many people. And even though we have a lot of people from across the border of Michigan that come in and work, we have people from surrounding counties that come in and work. We would probably look more toward expanding our footprint in Fort Wayne, expanding our footprint in the South Bend area to where logistically you're still close enough to where you can you can make things happen. But you're you're just expanding that by factory location further and further out. I mean, we're currently in process now to where we're literally moving equipment and doubling our floor space in Fort Wayne because it's so much easier to hire people in Fort Wayne right now. 
And so, so that's all of that stuff on the salary side and on the hourly side are things that at least we're looking at. And, uh, and look, if any of your listeners have better ideas, I want to hear them. So, so just, yeah, definitely let me know. That's awesome. And Rick, thanks so much for being such a super awesome, transparent and candid guest on our podcast. This topic, I hear HR leaders and CEOs, other CEOs talking about it all the time. A lot of HR leaders scratching their head, trying to figure out what to do about this. It's a really interesting and dynamic economy we're dealing with and workforce environment. So, And then you drop COVID on top of that. It makes it even more complex. But thanks so much for shining some light on this to help our HR community try to figure it out. Really appreciate your time, Rick. Woo! Thank you. <laughs> thanks, thanks for having me, Bruce. Awesome. So where can people find you and Genesis Products online? You can find us at genesisproductsinc.com. And um, and I'm on there. I'm on the uh, website there. So you can click on my uh, name and give me a uh, email if you have some great ideas on things that we should be considering to hire people. And uh, yeah. Awesome. And we'll be sure to include all that info in the show notes. So if you enjoy this podcast as much as Rick and I did making it, then please leave us a five-star rating on iTunes and a quick note to say that we did a good job. Also, if this is your very first time listening to any of our interviews and now you're hungry for more, then please subscribe to the Employee Cycle Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all other major podcast players. And last but not least, all of you super awesome HR and people leaders out there, please continue to hire, train, and retain the best workforce possible. Thanks. Later, kids.